Raise your hand if you have a question, and we'll get a mic to you. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, accommodating, accommodating uh, this unique time, but uh, felt like with uh, only two signings uh, on Wednesday, one of them being late in the afternoon, um, and then with our, our new coaches, that uh, a day like today would work to, to kind of um, cover both of those areas. So obviously ex- extremely excited with uh, the way that our class ended. Um, to, to sign two young men uh, like Mucci, as I know him, and, and Alfred uh, is a, a dream come true. Uh, unbelievable parents, great work ethic, uh, great families, uh, great students. I mean, they're, uh, the total package for sure. Uh, excited about uh, the, the building uh, that's going on in our program, uh, figuratively and, and um, uh, specifically with the, the South End Zone complex coming together it feels like every day I look out there it's um, more and more gets done to it and it's certainly exciting and then you know what we're building uh, in the off season with our players too excited about uh, what I've seen and the, the lifts and runs and uh, the interaction with our new coaches and, and their their players uh, has been been really really good uh, I do want a couple superlatives uh, for uh, to put a bow on on our recruiting class, uh, it's our third straight top ten class. Uh, Eighteen of our nineteen signees uh, are from the state of Texas, and uh, I do want to pre- uh, uh, show my appreciation for the straight line recruiting model that, that they've implemented. Uh, and then um, you know, so I think it says on here sixty-two um, scholarship players from the, the state of Texas. So really proud of the job. Uh, that our, our staff did uh, finding and, and signing some of the very best in our state. A uh, couple dates of note, April 3rd and 4th will be our high school coaches clinic. Uh, we've got eight weeks of winter workouts before spring practice begins, uh, which will begin on March 24th uh, with the spring game concluding spring practice on April 25th. We do have uh, Pro Day, which is April 1st. Uh, I do want to congratulate the four guys from last year's team that got invited to the Combine, too. Uh, we're excited for them. And the, the ones that played in the All-Star Games, we know that uh, they certainly turned some heads. Uh, kind of a roster update, and then I'll, I'll get to some of the questions. Uh, B.J. Foster uh, will undergo shoulder surgery, finally, on uh, on that that shoulder that he injured during the season. Uh, it's something we had to wait until his nerve calmed down enough for him to, to have a successful rehab. Um, Anthony Cook, uh, we're going to see him uh, play some at nickel this uh, spring practice. Uh, DeMarvion Overshawn uh, has moved to Will Linebacker. And then um, with us majoring in a, a four-man front, uh, Joseph Osai and Byron uh, Vaughn's will be uh, what we're calling the jack position uh, in our defense, kind of a hybrid uh, rush the passer, drop every now and again uh, guy. Roshan Johnson uh, is staying uh, at tailback uh, for the foreseeable future. 
Uh, we're excited about uh, his growth and, and development there. Jordan Whittington uh, will go back to what we had originally recruited him as, uh, which is uh, a slot receiver. feel like he, he had an entire spring practice and training camp kind of learning how to play tailback, and now this will be good for him to be trained again as a slot receiver and allow us to, to do a lot of things with him uh, once he gets completely health, healthy. And then uh, Malcolm Epps uh, will be practicing uh, with the Ys, the tight ends. Um, you know, what his role is right now, don't really know. We just feel like um, he's going to add a lot of value with that, that size and, and wingspan. Uh, across the middle, uh, you know, what he can do on the line of scrimmage at this point, not quite sure, but uh, we're going to start training him there. So other than that, again, extremely excited about, about what we're continuing to build here in this program and um, excited to now that signing day is over and, and we're not on the road all week, every week, we, we get a chance to, to work with our players and uh, that's been certainly enjoyable too. Questions? Start up front with Brian. Yeah. That's I wanted to uh, start with staff. Um, it, it truly looks like you have made a concerted effort to go away from either what do you want to call it, friends or guys you know, and to where all of your statements that came out said, you know, this was the guy that was the best, that we thought was the best, you know. How important is it for you to let Chris and Mike have some input on who, who you hired and just what do you think of the group as a whole? Yeah, it's, it, it is important, but, uh, you know, the, the buck stops here, too. So um, certainly all of their recommendations were, were uh, taken into account, and we collectively um, – you know, found the guys that were the right fit for a lot of different reasons. And the second part of that question, yeah, I'm really excited, really excited about these guys. They've already started building a rapport uh, with our players. I see our, our players in and around the office a lot more, uh, especially now that we're in the uh, north end zone. That's a little bit easier for them, uh, being as the cafeteria is here. Um, but uh, just I, I love the – the sense and the, the vibe that I get from them, and uh, I think our players do too. Just, just a quick follow-up on that. I want to ask about that too. That's a huge thing, moving to the North End, where the tank is and all that stuff. And how much are you seeing the guys more now? Yeah, and really the, the tank, the, 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 yeah, the dining facility is the only thing that, that we did not have housed in, in uh, Moncrief because our academic center was there, our training room was there, our weight room was there. Right. So um, it, it's... It feels like uh, it's a little bit more, but I, I'd like to think that's because of these guys wanting to get around their, their new coaches, too. And you're right, I Mark? Quick um, question about Drusic. Is that the correct pronunciation? I think so. Yes, <laughs> it is. Are you <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> um, when it comes to when it, and you're, you guys running the offense, right? Um, Will it be his offense? Will he be running what you ran, you know, last year? You know, how much free reign, you know, will we have? And, and the second part of that is, can you speak to what he's been able to do as a developer of talent, especially at Oklahoma State? Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's it's a bit of a misnomer, maybe um, 
to fans or, or uh, reporters, you know, when, when you hire a new coordinator on, on either side of the ball, special teams included, um, they don't just come in and, you know, dump a binder down on the, on the desk and say, this is my offense. What, what you do is you, you work together and, and you find commonalities in, in what you believe, um, usually through the interview process. You don't want to find those out uh, after you've already hired a guy. And um, so the, the one thing I have noticed is that, you know, that there's, um, you know, Mike's a self-starter. He's, he's taken, taken it and ran with it. He's, he's watched every play of, of our season last year. Uh, he's already had uh, multiple offensive staff meetings to talk about snap count, um, you know, everything from, you know, what runs are we going to major in, um, you know, tempos. I know it was, it was a big big thing for him, uh, a little bit more advanced uh, tempo system than, than what we had had. But, um, no, there, there, there needs to be common beliefs, but I think when you bring somebody in, um, you definitely want a fresh set of eyes, um, new ideas, um, maybe different and better ways of, of doing things. Uh, and then, yeah, I think his quarterback development speaks for itself, you know, from, uh, you know, the guy he coached just this past season, um, you know, was a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. And I think we all remember what the, the guys at Oklahoma State were, were able to do in, in his tenure there. So um, extreme, I mean, that was a, a, a big part of, of me seeking Mike out, to be honest with you, was uh, what, what he's been able to do in, in developing quarterbacks. On your left, Chip. Tom, in terms of uh, Chris Ash and, and the defense, you said going into the process you wanted to get a better pass rush without blitzing on first and second down. Um, you wanted to feature your defensive linemen more. Can you talk about how that, how you see that happening now that you've had time with Chris and then what, uh, you know, Overshawn's played some, you know, Joker, linebacker, how big of a move is this? What do you think he can bring to that will? Uh, it's a, a pretty significant move uh, for DeMarvion, uh, but one that, you know, he's excited about. Uh, I know, you know, when he approached myself and Coach Ash, she said, I, I just, I just want to see the field. I just want to play. And, um, you know, I did let him know that when, when scouts come around and, and they talk about him, you know, that that's probably where his position uh, in that league is going to be uh, from – all of the people in, in that league that I've talked uh, talked to about him, and so um, he's excited to get to work um, and and be on the field. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the other than you know playing, majoring in more four down, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can we can let our D linemen play on edges a little bit better instead of down the middle uh, of people and. You know, uh, to get a fourth pass rusher on first and second down, it's not coming from a, a blitzing linebacker every time. And so um, I think those are just really the, the two big things. And, you know, it's um, what we felt like we needed around here. And, um, you know, Chris, Chris is an absolute expert at it. And um, we're anxious to, to see these guys flourishing it obviously you can't do anything football related this time of year so um, it's a little bit difficult to 
to uh, project, but uh, I think we all feel this, this is going to be a really, really beneficial move. Stay on your left, Jeff. Tom, you hired multiple assistants that have had a special teams coordinator title uh, in their past. When you went back and reviewed special teams, how much importance, I guess, did you put on making sure that third phase is as good as it can be with these hires? And now that you know, I, I don't know, you want everybody to kind of have a hand in it. What are your expectations now for that third phase? With the, with no, yeah, yeah. Jay will, Jay Bulware will will run the special teams. There's there's no doubt about it. But you know, having a guy like Coleman that that's done it in the SEC, and um, you know, Andre's got a background uh, coaching returners too, so. Um, but that won't be their, their primary focus. Um, that'll be myself and, and Jay Bulware. And, yeah, we, we always want the best at Texas. And, you know, we were um, in all the different efficiency metrics. You know, we were right around 50th or so in the country. And um, that's, you know, being in the upper half is not good enough. We, we want to be in the, you know, top 10, top 20. And um, on that side of the ball and... You know, all of the different guys that I talked to uh, were all coaching special teams units that were in the in the top 20 because that was important to me. Are you right, Jeff? Anthony, not so much not so much him, but the position. What what will be the difference between nickel with this defense and the nickel backer position of the previous defense? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I mean, it'll be a guy that walks out to the field and you know, <coughs> maybe asked to you know cover a slot receiver in man-to-man coverage but it, it should look pretty similar. Back to the middle. Cedric? Hey, Tom. Um, rich history of pass rushers in, in this program. Um, Joseph Osai, what's his upside as, as one of those kind of guys? And uh, also, what challenges does it present in a big 12 where a lot of coaches are rushing through, dropping eight, you're taking a DB off the field? Yeah, I, 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 you're going to see us play some three down. I'm, I mean, we're, we're not going to uh, be stubborn about it, but I, I do think when, when we do play three down, you know, what, what Chris and I have talked about is, you know, allowing our ends to play in five techniques a lot like, like what Baylor did, at least more. You know, I, I know Baylor and Iowa State um, have become kind of the experts in that, and, uh, but they're playing their guys in, in four eyes quite a bit too. Uh, but we, we've got to be smart with, with how we uh, devise each game plan in order to um, you never want to rob Peter to pay Paul and uh, so we, we've got to find that um, that balance there of pass rush and, and getting athletes out in space too and as far as Joe's ceiling yeah I'm, the sky's the limit I mean he's aggressive he's twitchy he's he's long uh, he's fearless uh, he's a quick learner he's really really smart so I love him. I absolutely love him, and I think this will be a, a great fit for him. Over here on your left, Coach, um, with Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton in this class, you guys landed two of the highest rated defensive line that you've had in the program since around 2014, at least based on recruiting sites. I guess, like, when you look at you know the elite programs in the country, considering the elite defensive line talent they possess, I guess, how important for you? You know, was it to you know get strong defensive linemen that were really talented, and also, I guess, like in, in terms of getting the defense three points? Yeah, it, it's all of the above. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about playing championship level defense, and and we know that uh, that's virtually impossible to do without elite 
defensive linemen, you know, for whatever reason, uh, those elite defensive linemen uh, in years past uh, have come from other schools recruiting footprint much much more so than than ours and uh, so to to have two elite guys like that in the same class uh, you know one from Bastrop the other one from from Houston it was uh, a huge point of emphasis for us. Stand left Danny. Um, Two for me Tom first uh, what did Andre Coleman show you throughout this last year for you to promote him and give him this job and secondly um, Rashawn said a, at a couple times last year that he wanted to move back to quarterback, and that's where he saw his future. At what kind of change with him over the last you know, month or so? Oh, I don't, I don't remember when the last time we we talked to Roshan. If it was only a month ago, I, I think. Um, I think Ro just he wanted an honest evaluation of you know where he can help the team the earliest. It was always about team first with him. I, I will tell everybody that's that's listening and watching that he's a remarkable kid. Uh, and then you know what's best for his long-term future. And I think we all saw what he was capable of doing with literally a, w- a week of training camp. You know, <laughs> to learn that position, and he was able to to flourish. So I, I think it's just. Something that we all agree is is in the best interest for for our program and and for him, you know, in his future. And then, what was the first part? Andre Coleman. Oh yeah, Andre was. Uh, he bonded well with the receivers. Obviously, he had a relationship with him, having been in those meetings uh, for an entire year. <clears throat> but just to to see them gravitate towards towards him and and his coaching style. Um, you know, I, I, both Colin and Devin, uh, who literally have no skin in the game, they're they're on their way out, right? And uh, they said, Coach, we, we know you're going to have a lot of really good options. These are on two separate occasions, uh, or independent of each other. They both came in, <clears throat> came into my office and said, "This guy's a real deal." And uh, you know, that was. It's not like we're going to let former players hire our assistants, but to to have that kind of endorsement in such a uh, small period of time was was very valuable to me, too. In the middle, Anwar? Uh, Coach, um, with your new guys, have you like uh, figured out which territories that they're, they're going to be assigned through? To the no, no, we, we haven't. I, I th- that's probably on the, the docket for this week and, and next week. You know, we were, we, I mean, Mike, or Mike, uh, Mike Yersich, Mark Hagan just got here yesterday. So, um, you know, there, there's... Uh, you know, a lot that still needs to be done, but that's it's not urgent. Okay. And the second question is, is obviously coaching at Texas is different than coaching at other programs as far as the expectations that go, the pressure that goes along with that. Um, what, what what did you tell those, these guys about, hey, this is going to be different than coaching where you've met before, and how do you, like, mentally prepare them for this kind of pressure bubble? You don't. I mean, it's – good coaches – put the most amount of pressure on themselves, you know, and um, so we, a good coach usually doesn't um, concern himself with with the outside noise, you know, he concerns himself with, is he bringing in great student athletes as a recruiter and, and is he developing his unit? And 
the really good ones put that amount of pressure on themselves. Now that being said, you know, Jay Bulwer has been at Auburn and Oklahoma, and Chris Ash has been at Wisconsin and Ohio State, and um, I'm trying to. Mark was at A and M for for three years, so I mean, there, there's he's you know, Stan Drayton's been at Ohio State, and uh, you know, in the NFL. So there, there's a lot of guys that have been in in similar environments and thrived. Can you find that, Tom? You've been with Chris at. You know, going back to Iowa State and then at Ohio State on a national champion. I guess one, how important was that familiarity with Chris in terms of this? And two, what what do you remember from those times at those two stops with Chris? It was always hard to move the ball. <laughs> I know that. Um, and yeah, it is important. Uh, it's important uh, with that big of a hire that that you do have some familiarity that you because everybody's got great interview skills everybody's going to have people call and uh, recommend them so uh, you know you when you when you go outside of of your the people that you're familiar with it, it becomes um, a bit of a crapshoot if you will so uh, to have that familiarity with Chris and his attention to detail his knowledge of the game his development of players recruiting all of that to to witness it firsthand uh, definitely played a big role in in why he's here. Kirk, go ahead. Uh, you said Mike watched all the plays from last season. I was curious what his observations were about you know, how the offense can improve, and specifically Sam. And I was curious if he called Mike Gundy for a reference, or did he not want you to hire him? I, I, I did. Uh, Mike was, was very honest with me and, and said he's, you know, He's one of, if not the best, he's he's ever had, and was was sad to you know lose him. And um, I respect him and, and what what they've done offensively too. Um, and uh, Mike and I haven't talked in, in great detail about yeah. specifically what we can areas of improvement. I, I think we've got you know the whole month of February and and half of March to to kind of hash all that out. Do you keep the terminology you don't have. Uh, yeah, a lot of it. Uh, you know, it's it's, uh, it's easier. You know, if if you call it a flag route and I call it a corner route, you know, for you to learn that it's a corner route rather than fifty, eighteen to twenty-two year olds, that's it's a lot easier that way. So as much as we can, where it makes sense to, we'll we'll keep it very similar. In the middle, Taylor. Uh, real quick, will B.J. Foster's shoulder surgery keep him out of spring practice? Yes, uh, but should be uh, cleared for activity uh, for summer conditioning. Okay, and then uh, secondly, moving Anthony Cook to nickel, what's the plan for Josh Thompson once he um, is back in full health? Yeah, uh, is to to make a run at, at corner. Uh, you know, he's he's got elite speed, but if, if he's not one of our, our two best corners, you know, in talking to Chris, I actually just talked to him uh, before I came in here, and uh, you know, he was really, really impressed with Chris Brown and, and Josh Thompson uh, from watching all the, the defensive film from from last year too. So uh, he'll 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 find himself on the field somewhere, I'm sure of it. But uh, he'll start off playing corner uh, this spring. Brian, Tom, uh, you touched on this at the Alamo Bowl pre-conference a little bit, but I was hoping you could take me back and. 
tell me understand why did you feel moving back to a four-man front was the way to go? Uh, again, uh, pass rush in, in this league, certainly uh, you, you've got to be able to disrupt the quarterback. And I'm not just talking about sacks. I'm talking about just, just make him uncomfortable, uh, especially in this conference. And then I just felt like we, we can put ourselves in an advantage from a recruiting standpoint that, that we can sign the Alfred Collins and, and Vernon Broughtons and um, Keandre Coburns uh, of the world and, and you know, maybe get an advantage uh, by, by getting a lot of those big guys on the field. Right, and that actually leads into what I, exactly what I want to ask you about. With signing those guys, moving Joe, do you feel like you have just enough physical players? Not, I'm not talking about like good players, elite players, just enough bodies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To play yeah, we'll, we'll have a, a, th- a three deep. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, you're, you're taking two linebackers in Joseph and Byron, and mm-hmm. you're putting them into the, the front category. So, uh, yeah, we, I mean, I think – I think we've got a, a three deep of, of scholarship players currently. Okay. And you're right, Joe. Jay has experience in the NFL, in the Big Ten, and the SEC, but he has very limited uh, experience as an assistant on the field. What stood out to him, or what stood out about him that made you think that he's ready for a job like corners coach in Texas? Well, one was, you know, Chris's recommendation. Obviously, Chris Ashes. That was. There was not another guy that that he had had a relationship with that that he was going to stand on the table for any um, longer, harder uh, than for for Jay. And then when he came on his interview, I mean, it just blew me away. You know, the, just the, the the fundamental teaching, uh, his energy, you know, his his ties to the the DFW, uh, all of those things played in in favor. But the the two biggest things were. One, obviously, uh, you know, Chris could have suggested we go out and, and get any corners coach in America, and this is the one that he wanted and, and suggested. Uh, and then he blew me away when he when he came down and interviewed. On your far right, Wesco. Um, where do you think stand with uh, Jawan Mitchell right now in terms of uh, areas for growth for him, and, and how important is he for the program? Yeah, r- really important. I, I think, you know. Juwan is in a good spot right now because um, he'll be learning a new defense and um, with a, a fresh set of eyes and evaluating him. So I, I've, I've loved Juwan's play. I think he's, he's got such great natural instincts. Uh, he's physical. You know, he's by far a, a finished product by, by any stretch of the imagination. But, uh, you know, if we... You know, we're, we're counting on him uh, to to make a push to be a, a permanent starting linebacker. On your left, Jeff. Tom, in hindsight, how important was it, to not all important is the right word, but just to get the 20 class almost completely done in December, knowing you didn't just have to hire staff, but for the 21 class, pretty much the whole month of February is dead, and, and that recruiting calendar changed. It's kind of, I mean, it's just walk through the process of trying to balance the 20 and 21 class and, and how much it helped to, to be able to really use January to focus on it was, it was really big, you know, and, and even though we, we can't talk to these 21, a class of 21s when we, we go to their campus to visit uh, for the coaches and, and people that are going to be influencing uh, these young men in, in that class to, to get to know uh, the guys that are going to be coaching uh, 
those players was was important. And yeah, I think it, it was important for a lot of reasons, you know, to to get it done. I know having to hire seven new coaches and fill out a, a recruiting class and get ready for the Alamo Bowl that that makes for long nights, but. Um, I couldn't be pleased with with how both of those turned out, you know, with the signing class as well as, you know, the the staff hires and and you hit the nail you hit the nail on uh, on the head completely when you talk about the the difference in recruiting calendar. I mean, these twenty twenty one kids here in about a month and a half are going to be start starting to take official visits already, and uh, so again, for for us, December is signing day, and February has become. I don't late signing day or uh, you know additional signing day, however you want to phrase it. But uh, everything shows you across the country it was something seventy-five, eighty percent of the blue chip players are are signing now in in December, and so um, it does speed things up a little bit. But it, it was also nice to get all these guys on the road and in the high schools of these class of twenty ones. The middle, John. Coach, earlier you talked about the buck stopping with you. How much blame did you put on your assistants from last year since, like you said, you just hired seven new coaches? Um, I, I, don't, I don't ever blame anybody. I mean, the, the buck stops with me. I didn't do a good enough job um, preparing them um, to get the best out of our players and, um, you know, felt like, you know, I'm really proud that all those guys – uh, have landed in some really good spots, you know. So they're they're obviously they know how to coach, and um, they did an excellent job for us while they were here. But it just felt like there were some things that that we could do better uh, as a staff. But I don't. We don't ever use the word blame unless I'm talking about myself. Last one on the left, Chip. Tom, can you talk about Jordan Whittington? Uh, last year, you said Brennan's emergence allowed you to move Devin. Can you talk about Whittington in the slot, what that means? Does Eagles go to X, and who do you see competing at the Z? Yeah, I, I think it allows a couple things. It allows uh, Josh Moore uh, to, to play some outside receiver, knowing he can do both. Uh, you know, We're, we're not going to forget about Jay Witt in the backfield either um, because we feel like he is – him and Jake are really what – you know, when you when you put this offense together, that's that's what they are is high school tailbacks, or you know, in Jay Witt's case, a high school quarterback that that can do things out of the backfield like a running back. And so we're excited to get him there. Obviously, uh, you know, Jake is having a great off season. He had a great freshman year too. So feel really good. And then we'll, we'll figure out, you know, between Marcus and, and Brennan, what's the best fit at at, at X and or Z. Uh, as well as Alvante Woodard, Troy O'Meara, you know, has, has come in. So we, we've got we've got some able-bodied guys that, that should be giving each other a pretty good um, pretty good fight uh, this spring. So, so to confirm, Josh is off suspension. Josh was never suspended from the team. He was Josh practiced every day for us. Right. Um, so no, Josh was suspended from playing in games. Okay. So we'll. we'll determine that once we get closer to a game. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, sir.